Welcome to the Dragon's Library, a podcast where I, the Dragon, talk about all the media I enjoy, past and present. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Hello everybody, welcome back. This is the Dragon's Library. So today we have a new book to review. It's called A Natural History of Dragons, a memoir by Lady Trent. Uh, it was written by Marie Brennan, and it's, well, it's a lot of things. It's actually a really interesting and unique book that I don't think I've seen something like it before. It's, all right, let, let's just start with a basic description of it. So the idea of the book is that it's about this fictional world, this fantasy world of sorts, um, that is similar in some respects to ours. So our perspective is from a character called Lady Trent. Basically, she's a famous dragon naturalist, and she was responsible for many breakthroughs in the field of study when it comes to biological research on dragons. So she studied dragon for a living. Now, she's in sort of a post-Victorian era at the moment she's writing the intro, but she goes back to describe her life, which was set during a sort of Victorian-ish era. It's, she's lived in a fictional uh, country called Skir Skirland, but the culture she describes is very Victorian England kind of setting. So uh, it wasn't like respectable for her, you know, for a woman to learn to be a, you know, dragon biologist. But she did so anyway, thanks to several different events in her life. And this book is mostly about setting that up. Um, it's about her first, ex it's about her childhood, her marriage, and her first expedition which she was going, able to go on through partially luck and partially her husband's um, shared interest. And as a result, she was able to begin, begin her career as a dragon naturalist to an extent. Um, so basically she loved dragons, always thought they were interesting and wanted to learn more about them. Uh, when she was younger, her father would, you know, sort of didn't, outwardly approve of it, but made sure she always had reading materials she could get out of his library uh, and never called her out on stealing the books that she probably wasn't supposed to be reading. Uh, but that's getting into early stuff. So what you need to know about this book is it's on an incredibly slow boil. Like, you're going to spend most of the book going through her childhood. I think about half the book was literally her childhood, her first incident, um, the years in between, and then her marriage. And it's not until, like, halfway through the book that we finally get to go on the expedition. But despite that, I found it a really, really interesting read. Like, even before we get to the dragon stuff, uh, we get a bit of taste of it at first with a few offhand comments about some garden dragon that was originally thought to be an insect, and she narrates over uh, these sections saying, Yes, we used to think it was an insect, but my research they revealed to be a dragon and feeds you a bit more information about the world. Uh, you also get an encounter with a wolf drake, which is supposed to be like a, you know, a dragon shrunk down to like the shape and size of a wolf. So uh, more land-based, the wings are vestigial, and it sort of just acts like, you know, a garden variety wolf was, but, you know, it's also a dragon. Um, and all in all, the first few chapters are probably my least favorite part of it, but if you can get through that section... and. It is necessary to read it. Like, it does a very good job of setting up this world, slowly but surely giving you the impression that, yeah, we're not really in a normal Earth. Uh, they don't come out and say that the world's different. Like, you don't just 
outright start with this, oh yes, here's the world, and these are the great countries. It's, it's a sort of a slow thing. You hear Skirtland, you're like, maybe that could be real. And then you're like, okay, and these countries definitely are real, and these places definitely are real, and oh, this place they're going on an expedition called Vistrana isn't real at all. So you sort of build into the world. Um, and I do like it. Uh, the, her husband is an interesting character in the few scenes he gets. Uh, it's actually kind of funny. They found each other in... Oh, I'm not going to spoil it. Okay, not spoilers yet. So, just that's the spoiler-free sections review. If you want to read it completely blind, I actually really recommend it just because it's a very unique book. Uh, if you like His Majesty's Dragon, you'll probably like this. And even if you don't, if you enjoy books that explain, like, the science behind fantasy creatures, you'll get a real kick out of this. Because that's basically the whole point of the series. I'm currently on the second book right now. And, yes, it'll be very slow intro. Give it a shot. Get through that section. And you get into a very interesting expedition to this foreign country to study dragons with some really interesting uh, fictional dragon biology mixed in there. It's a lot of fun. Highly recommend it. And honestly, not enough people seem to know about this book. I couldn't even find a Wikipedia article for the series. And it deserves so much better than that. So seriously, give it a shot. Alright, from here on out, we're going full spoilers. So, you've been warned. Alright, so when she's a kid, she, ended, she was fascinated by the little sprite dragons in her garden. Learned to preserve them, started studying books, stealing them from her father's library, you know, returning them. It's later revealed he knew and allowed it so long as it wasn't dangerous. But she ends up uh, disguising herself as a boy and going out on a hunting expedition, stowing away on a hunting expedition to go hunt a wolf drake. Uh, she ends up getting caught in a pretty dangerous situation, nearly killed, and only survived because the, she managed to grab a gun and shoot it before it got to her. Now, as a result, her family was pissed, and she kind of had to earn back their trust with years of being a proper lady, which she utterly hated. Um, but eventually her father was like, look, you're going to be married. I have compiled a list of husbands who not only own very large libraries that are likely to include books on dragons, but who would be willing for a wife to explore those topics. And so basically he says, look, I know that this isn't the life you want, but I can make it as bearable for you as possible. And you know what? I gotta appreciate the father. He basically did everything other than outright saying, no, my daughter isn't gonna follow social social conditions. Like, he let her skirt the rules as much as possible. He turned as many blind eyes as he could, and he only intervened at first because she actively got, like, a scar from a dragon on a hunting condition she was specifically told she was supposed to have no part in. Uh, so I, I do actually really like that. He comes off as very supportive of her. Uh, she has a small, she has an you know, uh, older brother who uh, snuck her some of the books in, as well. And we don't get much on him. He's just more of the only other brother she really talks about. She has a very strained relationship with her mother that comes off as very believable. Uh, not forced, but like it feels like the mother understands why she's doing what she is but is frustrated by it. Like, she doesn't get it, but she also doesn't, like, she also isn't constantly correcting her, if that makes sense. Anyway, uh, she ends up marrying her husband, and her husband uh, is is a friend of some dragon naturalist and occasionally helps them out in expeditions. Now, through a few series of events, uh, they end up going on this expedition to Astrana. 
And that leads you into the second half. The first half, though, the most notable part is when she meets her husband because they actually she actually didn't even realize who she was. He was when he first bought her, uh, met her. Uh, he, he was on her father's list, but she didn't know that. She was just at a uh, museum, uh, basically a zoo. Uh, what was it? What did they call it? A, um, I forget. It's basically a royal exhibition exhi of rare animals, and this uh, famous explorer had caught. A uh, two dra three dragon three very young or well two very young and one runt dragon, uh, and they ended up bonding over their shared observations on it, uh, and it never really fell in love. And their romance doesn't feel forced; it actually feels believable. And she actually like she grows from this is the best I can do, and at least you know I kind of like him to I love and respect him. It's very impressive the way they took what is essentially a, you have to marry someone, here's the best option, oh, look, you managed to get it, into, no, she loves him, and he loves her, and they both are frustrated with each other sometimes, they get annoyed at each other when they go a little too far, but in the end, they always reconcile, because, you know, they're family. Um, it, it was very sweet. Now, on to the expedition. So, on the expedition, they go out, and they are supposed to meet this, um, this noble, or government official who runs a certain town, small town. Uh, he's nowhere to be found. The townspeople are acting really sketchy. There are smugglers everywhere. Uh, the uh, regional governor won't respond to them. And they're notice that dragons are attacking people. Now, eventually it's revealed that the dragons are attacking people because the, they've been killing dragons, uh, actively hunting them for their bones. See... Dragon's bones usually uh, d dissolve due to the various chemicals that make up their breath and other such things. So they're not able to be preserved. But this one scientist found a cave where the dragons would bring their dead. Sort of like an elephant graveyard, but for dragons. And in the cave, sulfuric, sulfuric acid and a few other elements that exist in the cave uh, help preserve the bones. And they found out these bones are actually harder than the iron that is the main metal of this time period. So the idea is they wanted to hunt them and use it to basically replace metal. Uh, he was working on a method of shaping them. Now, they figured this out and stopped the plot. It was also involved in a smuggling ring and a bunch of other conspiracy stuff, including the misuse of a local demon legend. That's all really interesting. And even though it's a spoiler, I don't want to go over all that too much because there's just so many smaller plots to go over in this. Uh, they're all wrapped up pretty efficiently and pretty well. Uh... In addition, a lot of the natural Vistrani characters come off as a bit superstitious but uh, and a bit, you know, anti-foreigner. But generally, the ones we spend a lot of time with come out, come out pretty likable. Uh, the handmaid assistant she gets is turns out to be pretty clever and uh, always kind of uh, insulted by how simple she Lady Trent thinks she is at first. And she, you know, she turns, turns out to be pretty clever and resourceful in her own right. Anyway, they end up um, basically boiling that conspiracy, but they're left with the knowledge that the others, the scientists and those, those who are in on it end up dying when they chase them down to a dragon's lair and they manage to escape. Uh, they all die. Only her husband dies, which was actually pretty sad, and she's very broken up about that. But they realize we have the ability to preserve dragon bones, which we now realize is one of the most valuable resources on our planet. But if we, anybody ever finds out they will hunt dragons to extinction to get this resource. Wars have been fought over less. Uh, so they just, but they also realize that it's inevitable someone will figure it out. So their goal 
is to learn the stru- the chemical structure of the bones to try and reproduce it, a synthetic version of them. That way, that they, they won't have to kill dragons; they can just produce their own bones. And while there will still be dragons being hunted, nations will more likely move towards the thing that's not a limited, finite resource. And that's how the book ends with them returning and you know mourning her husband and returning home to um, begin this attempt at synthesizing the bones. So yeah, that's basically the whole story. And honestly, I love it. Uh, the, when whenever they have like a scientific session when they're like dissecting this one dragon corpse before it can dissolve, oh my, it is. So interesting. They discover little like holes in the wings that uh, allow air to flow, but when it, when it uh, lifts up, but to but then this flat folds over the hole when it beats down to give it the ability to push the air. So it makes the wings able to move through the air much easier, but only in the direction it needs to. Oh, it's this is a really well designed world with some very interesting mechanics for dragons, and I really hope you all give it a shot. All right, that's been it for this week. You can follow us on Twitter at thedragonslibr1. Uh, we'll be release, I'll be releasing sometime this weekend what our two reviews for this coming week will be. So yeah, see you then.